Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That handsome devil to the left of me, that's Aaron Brown. The guy below me holding up everything up is Chris the Wild Man Wiles. JR is down there in the other corner. And the gentleman you see to my left over there, he needs no introduction. He has the best podcast in, in on YouTube for Notre Dame, hands down. I'm not even going to try to debate that. If you're a Notre Dame fan or you're interested in what's going over on in South Bend, you go check out Always Irish. It is by far the one of the most entertaining things you will see. I promise you that. Mr. Kennedy, welcome to the OHIO podcast. It's good to be back with you guys. Thanks for the introduction. That was very kind of you. Uh, first off, congratulations. You guys are growing like crazy. You've hit a few videos that popped, got you got a lot of traffic. Good job on you guys. It's the whole thing's growing. Good job. Appreciate that. Thank you very much for your assistance. Uh, you have played a big part in that and helping me and giving me some pointers, answering some questions along the way. And uh, uh, I do appreciate that. The chat's going to be alive tonight, guys. I can already tell the chat is going to be lit. Uh, there's, there's, there's our faithful and then it appears that there might be some of John Kennedy's crew who have meandered their way over to uh, the OHIO podcast tonight. And things might get a little chippy. They might get a little chippy tonight. Just keep it clean. That's all we ask for. We want to be uh, family friendly, if at all possible. But, uh, John, this is going to be a lot of fun because not only, not only are you here to shed some light on the news this offseason on what is happening with college football, college realignment, and of course in the middle of all of that is Notre Dame and their independence. And are they going to eventually have to succumb to being a part of a conference? Are they going to be able to hold on to that independence? You're going to answer a lot of those questions for us tonight. Plus, we want your perspective as a Notre Dame fan and, and someone who is, follows the team as close to they, as they do on just football in general right now. But I do want to do this. One of the things you do, John, on your show is you have a victory chain you wear yeah. when Notre Dame and you've been wearing it all off season because you guys won their bowl game. But because we did win in South Bend, I thought tonight would be a good night to pull out the big victory chain. Oh, yeah. Geez. Let's yes. just start it off right tonight, John. Go figure. I got this little Irish medallion, and here you come with the full flavor flave thing blowing up the whole deal. Look at you. I'm surprised I got it around my fat noggin. There, All right, let's, let's check out the chat a little real fast tonight, guys. Um, we got Tyler in the house dropping us some some Buckeyes there. Thank you, Tyler. Good to have you in. He says, O-H-I-O. Brian Oberst is in. Boy, it didn't take him long to fire the first shot tonight. Yeah. How does that Irish loss to the Buckeyes taste, Kennedy? Ooh, baby. You know, I'm wearing this hat. This might look familiar to you as well. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got good news and I got bad news. All right, hit me the up, good, brother. The good news is that hat I still have and it's not in the garbage. I genuinely know where it's at and it isn't in the garbage. The bad news is there's a part of me that just doesn't want to send it back to you. And I don't know. It's not like I'm holding it for ransom, but it's in the corner. I don't. Maybe it's like a uh, – like – 
a memory of a nightmare that it's healthy to have in the corner to remember a dark time in your life to like propel you out of it or something. So I, I still have it, but I didn't burn it or throw it in the garbage like I threatened to do. I, I still have it. It's in one piece. Hey, you know, I appreciate I respect that. I appreciate that. Hey, and you got to give me credit. I paid my bet. I did a good job. I wore that thing the whole stream. I was mad the whole time. I even wore a red shirt that day. I made it match. Like I, I held my own on, on that bet. <laughs> you You did. You did. You absolutely did, and I appreciate that. So uh, let's see. One of yours, Adam Dowling's here. So he's in the house. That's one of your folks over there from Always Irish. Thank you for coming in, Adam. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, Jeremy Jeremiah Yoder, the one thing that Ohio State and Notre Dame have in common, we both hate the cheaters from, I can't say that, Arbor. Gotcha. <laughs> We we do hold that in common. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Cindy, she says, go Irish from a fellow Ohioan. Oh, I like it, Cindy. Oh, my goodness. Larry Daniels, one of ours, is in the house from Central Florida tonight. O-H-I-O to you. Awesome, guys. Let's dive right into this. All right. I'm going to ask the first question, and then we're just going to go around and have fun tonight. So jump in, guys. You're, you're about to find out that we're going to do as little talking tonight as we've probably ever done because my boy, John Kennedy, he's got thoughts and he's got things to say. So let's start here. College football, John Kennedy, Notre Dame. There is an interesting thing happening at the negotiation table between these conference commissioners and the AD from Notre Dame, and there's a, if you wear tinfoil hats, which I like to do, there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory that maybe Notre Dame is setting themselves up to either be A, strongly independent, or B, to slip right into the Big Ten. Your thoughts? I agree with that. And the reason I agree with that is all of the arrows – are just kind of pointing that way, right? Like you just look at the evidence, you look at what's going on and all those arrows are kind of pointing you that way with the changes in the landscape of the sport and the way it's going and all of that. <clears throat> um, I hate admitting this, but you guys know what a big deal TV money is. That is a huge part of this is What's going to happen with that TV money now that NBC has a piece of the Big Ten and Notre Dame has a piece of NBC? How do those overlap? That TV angle is one of the most convincing to me. Uh, Notre Dame's AD Jack Swarbrick is on his way out retiring after, I believe, a 16-year run. His replacement is a former and maybe current, I don't even know if he stepped down, NBC Sports exec. So I, I look at this and I see all the angles pointing in that direction. That being said, Notre Dame's not going to do it unless they feel like they absolutely have to do it. And they don't feel like they're there yet. But I feel like the framework is in place and the relationships are such that if and when Notre Dame feels the need, they're going to have to make that move. They would go right into the Big Ten, already have a lot of the, the groundwork laid. And it would be a very easy transition. That's kind of where I think we're at. 
And the minute they hire that new AD and I look at his, his resume and it says NBC Sports TV exec, I, I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. And so I think this there's conversations back and forth, backup plans being made, whatever. And I think that is Notre Dame's plan B should the independence route not be viable either financially anymore or if the powers that be in the playoff or whatever make it such that Notre Dame just isn't going to survive a gauntlet with a bunch of extra Notre Dame hurdles. We're not there yet. Um, so I think it's a plan B. I think it's a plan B. They want independence as long as it's viable. This is from Vol Fanatic Show, Tennessee podcast that uh, has become good friends of ours. And you kind of just hinted on that. But I think there's another piece of this that you're going to want to speak to. If the proposed 14-team playoff format passes, do you believe Notre Dame would join a conference then to give a better chance for the playoffs? And you've you've talked about this on your show. You guys were already okay with not getting yeah. the bye. Yeah. the Man, I was so frustrated. Um I don't think it was this week, but the week before when they finalized that 12 team format and then the national heads on ESPN and whatever, we're getting up, they're going Notre Dame. This is what you get. And fine bomb. This is what you get. Notre Dame. I don't want to hear any complaints. You deal with not getting that by. And this is what you wanted as an independent. You're going to deal with the, the consequences. And we're all sitting there like, yeah, we already accepted this. We knew we knew Notre Dame was going to have to pay that no uh, no buy tax a year ago, and nobody really complained about it. We all understand we're not playing that conference championship game. You got something's got to give, and I didn't really hear complaints on my show or see a lot of articles or anything. I think Notre Dame fans accepted that and look at it as if you can end up hosting that first round playoff game in late December in South Bend with some lake lakefront effect winter weather, we can live with that. We really can live with that. We're looking forward to that. So the, the not having a buy, we're generally okay with. So I, it rubbed me the wrong way. The national media started saying we were all complaining. Nobody really was. We, we accept that. I got to read this comment. Aaron, get ready with a question. This is, uh, from Kerry Patterson, diehard Buckeye fan here. I'm glad you guys invited Always Irish on the show. I actually enjoyed watching his podcast last offseason leading up to the OSU Notre Dame game. He had so much confidence last year for his fighting Irish, and they let him down. Well, let's be honest. Ten guys on the field is probably not the best uh, uh, formula for a victory at the end of the game, man. But uh, – you you know, John, I will say this. We I I really I really want Notre Dame in the Big Ten. Can I can I selfishly tell you why? Because I love, it's Notre Dame. You don't No, it's you not. Know, it's Notre Dame. That's I, why. I like podcasting with you. Is that is that okay to say? I know. Is that all right? Dude, it, you bring up a really good point as it pertains to us selfishly. Number one is I've thought this through. You're right. Number one is even just the expanded playoff buys all the people do what we do, like a whole nother month, month and a half of like interesting stuff to talk about, whether we're in it or not, or make it that far. We're all going to buy ourselves an extra month of good, heavy content run in the season with a lot of eyeballs. But also, 
I can't even imagine a world where all the Big Ten and the happenings matter to me too. We're we're an independence island here, man. I got to talk about like Notre Dame. It's wild to me to think about being in that circle with all those other interconnected parts. We just don't have that. And that that ACC thing we have is it's kind of turning into a yawn fest. That five game agreement with the ACC. If you're not playing Miami or Florida State or Clemson, that's pretty much a, a sleep fest. So, um, yeah, it, it's it would be wild, Eric. It would be wild, and almost every game would be a rivalry week for Notre Dame, except for like two games. It, there's no debate; the schedule would be way better, way more interesting week to week. There's not even a doubt. That's for sure. And right. USC, Eric, that's a big one. And yeah. I mentioned that earlier. USC is the number one thing Notre Dame wants to preserve no matter what. Them in the in the Big Ten preserve that rivalry in perpetuity. That's another arrow pointing in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Aaron, go for it, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit back and hit buttons from here on out. You boys have fun. Okay, so <clears throat> this is kind of a simplistic question, but if you had to choose, and this is considering that maybe the Pac-12 did not you know, I guess all but close its doors. Yeah. Would you prefer that Notre Dame, if they had to join a conference, Pac-12 or Big Ten and why? Big Ten 100%. Just geographically is mm-hmm. one reason, right? Like we're mm-hmm. in the middle of Big Ten country and in the middle of the country. I like that. All those rivalries, man, all those – it's like Maryland and and – Rutgers wouldn't be almost everything else would have a rivalry. We could re-spark rivalries that have died down over the years, bring back all these teams that we used to play regularly. Um, Academically, the Big Ten's a good fit with Notre Dame. They consider that when they're looking at these conferences, the Big Ten's a good fit academically. But it's I think it's about the gameplay and the rivalries that we could rekindle. Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, like Purdue, Northwestern. Those are all like right in Notre Dame area. Like, and and I'm not even branching out yet. So the Big Ten would be awesome for that reason. Almost every game would be great. I'd be interested in other than Maryland and Rutgers, pretty much, which I'm sure is how everybody feels in the Big Ten. I have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Even you, even Illinois, like Illinois fallen off with their sports teams nationally. Yeah. But for me, it's a lot easier for me to shoot South and go to it, live in where I live to shoot South and go watch Notre Dame play at U of I than it is to drive to South Bend. So I would even be interested in that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's about that history. I mean, we have great rivalries with Michigan state, Michigan, obviously, <laughs> Um, and so it, it's about those games. It would be great. Uh, and uh, the Pac-12 is weird, man. What are we going to play at 1 a.m.? Like, I, you know, like, I, yeah, <laughs> the, the Pac-12 has just always been like late night, Saturday night viewing. And it, it's uh, and, and they don't I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And then people still talk about Notre Dame and the ACC. No, that's not happening. You don't jump on the Titanic. When it's going down, you get off. That's just a non-starter. No. Like, people still bring that up. Oh, John, what? how's Notre Dame going to get out of that deal with the ACC if they want to jump to the Big Ten? Who's going to pay that big buyout? The Big Ten will pay it because having Notre Dame in the fold will pay itself back in no time. 
So they would help pay that out. So to me, there's no choice at all. It's the Big Ten. It's just that's what it's going to be. John, let me see if I do this right. Let me see if I did five dollar holler. Is that is that how that goes? Five dollar holler. It needs some work. The second one was better than the first one, though. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Adam Dowling. Eric, would Ohio State want to play Notre Dame every year if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten? Or would Ohio State rather play the Irish on a rotation? Let's go around and uh, we'll do a quick round and yes, yes or no and a quick why. I'll start. Yes. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal rivalry. So, yes, for me, Aaron. Yeah, you know, he brought up kind of like tradition with the Big Ten teams. And I think that Ohio State, Notre Dame, while it hasn't been maybe a featured, you know, rivalry, I still think of Notre Dame as a rivalry. And I think that that is something we could really build upon. I I could go either way. I, I lean more toward no, not because I don't think it's a rivalry, but just because I hate being locked into games every single year, especially in the conference that has nearly 20 teams. I want to play every team, and I want to beat every team, and I want every team to be like, oh, Ohio State's the best. So. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I'd be uh, completely in favor of it. Uh, I love the, the idea of a tradition there with two, uh, you know, just historically great programs, and not to mention what what are six and zero right now? So, uh, you, you you know so you know chalking up a win every year isn't a bad thing, is it? Six and two. Or se- we're st- six in a row. I mean, six in a yes. row. Yeah, yeah. And it's, then, been a, okay, it's been a while. Now, now let me ask you guys a question, and this comes up on my morning show a lot. Um, sure. As this playoff expands, I I don't know any other way to. Uh, on one hand, you devalue the regular season the more you add on to that playoff, right? Because it's more margin to be able to lose games and still get in. So it it, limit, it, it lowers some of the do or die factor of like, you got to win every week or you might not be able to reach your final goal. The more the playoff expands, the more leeway teams have to lose more and not ever ruin their season. Do you think that's going to make more or less teams want to start scheduling big out-of-conference matchups? Do you, do you follow me? Like, I don't know whether teams are going to shy away from it to just rack up wins again in the playoff, or if it goes the other way where they're saying, we have more leeway. We can afford to put a big marquee game with Notre Dame up there instead of Central, High School, whoever, Southern State. I don't know how that's going to go, how the scheduling, how people are going to try and schedule to best position themselves into that playoff. I, I don't know. I'm asking what you guys think. Well, if you know, I I think that uh, you know honestly, I think you're still going to see your team. A lot of your your teams are going to still take those cupcakes, yeah. Uh, because I think that from the seeding standpoint, your teams that have the potential to be those top four seeds that are going to get that buy, or those top yeah. couple seeds that are going to be that get that buy, I really don't see them wanting to have a situation where they might slip up. Yeah. Um, and hey, Michi- Michigan's used that model very well, by the way, of scheduling. So is Alabama. Uh, so well, we're just not going to play anybody until we have to. And John, if you want to get real mad, get fired up, John. Go look at Ohio State's schedule this season. Yeah. Our non conference is soft, it is paper, tissue paper. <clears throat> I just, it's almost as bad as the ACC. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Come on. 
How about that? That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh shoot! You, I, I I don't know I don't know what to make of I I don't know how people are going to approach that scheduling wise, and I don't know how that'll affect Notre Dame. Um, it, it worked for Michigan. I mean, that's a good model of just don't play anybody till you have to, and nobody says a word about it. So whatever, it worked for them. I am convinced that we are going to be playing 10 game conference schedules here soon. Yeah. And that yep. the yeah. big 10 is basically going to be saying you, all of your big games are <clears throat> big 10 games. Um, it doesn't, yeah. it make sense to do that, especially as the conference expands, it yeah. makes all the sense in the world to require playing another conference game. Like if you have that many teams, there's no reason really not to like that. I totally think that's logical. Uh, that, that you would do that. So I I don't know. What do you guys think of it? Now, wait, Big Ten, you did away with the divisions now for moving mm -hmm. forward. So you're going to have a different setup for the conference championship game and all that. This is a question I wrote down to ask you guys. You're putting me on the spot. I'm going to put you four on the spot. Do you have any anxiety about this new formatted <clears throat> Big Ten in the way of You've had really, really good success the way it's been, being one of those top teams at the end almost every single year. Do you have any anxiety about that all changing and other teams disrupting some of that? Or are you all for it? Let's go bring in the West Coast teams. Let's rock. Uh, I mean, personally, we didn't really have divisions until – what, the late 2000s or early 2010s anyway. So uh, for those of us that, you know, I were born and watched football before that time. This is kind of old hat. Now, as for adding the West Coast teams, I think that that absolutely does throw a wrinkle in it because you have to take USC seriously. Even though they have no defense, that's a very dangerous offense typically, especially under uh, you know that coach. Uh, so I think that's very important. And Oregon, I think, is even more of a threat. Even more of a threat. So um, I think a lot of people are saying Ohio State and Oregon is probably going to be the game to watch this year so uh you know that's just my thoughts on that and it's going to be interesting it I'll, is I'm to, oh, man, uh, on, chris okay i was just going to say you know i i think for me um the big 10 championship as it's been with the divisions has really not been a challenge to the east to begin with it's almost like mm -hmm. yes we've had a championship game but really it was more of a warm-up than anything. Yeah. Because these have not been yeah. challenging games for no matter who it was coming out yeah. of the East. Yeah. I don't think the West ever won. No. No. I, th and I, th I think the closest they ever came was Wisconsin and Michigan State. It was, yeah. it was, it was back when they had the fictitious legends and, and leaders. Yeah. Leaders yeah. When they went yeah. to East-West, the East won every single time so it was pointless but and now I you're digress. not gonna have that cakewalk anymore now it's gonna be the two best teams in the big ten yeah yep. and it could be a repeat too of a game yes previous yeah season. you could see another, yeah yeah that's another part of it and uh but see that's something as an independence guy in the years past that I used to take shots at you guys for being like oh wow you're in a 13th <clears> game and it's a title game against five loss Northwestern whoop de doo congratulations like, I got sick of that, seeing multiple four-loss teams in a title game that didn't make much sense to me. So it's going to be really interesting for you guys. Look at this one, John. Nick Quint brings it up. I know I said it before, but there is a scenario. OSU could play that team up north 
three straight games. That that is a very real scenario. I do believe this is my early prediction. I think Ohio State and Oregon play three times this year. I think we play them in Eugene on the regular schedule. I think we play them in the Big Ten Championship. And I think there is a I think they split those. They could very well split those. And then they go into the tournament. Because I think Oregon is, in my opinion, one of the top five teams in the country. So very well, there's a scenario they could play three times. You want to talk about starting a rivalry. That's how you start one right there. How weird is it for you guys to have to start talking about Oregon in in your world, your Big Ten world, just like it's weird for me to talk about this conference crap. Oregon, not so much. Now I got to worry about a duck coming in from the the Oregon woods, flying in here and quacking all the time. Now I got to deal with that. And you know what else, too? I'm going to give Oregon props on some. They're a lot better of a program than I thought they would turn into when they started to get good. Like they're deeper and built a lot more durably than I originally gave them credit for when they started like building this. It's a pretty solid program. It, and it doesn't hurt to have Nike money behind you too, by the way, to do whatever you need to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, Brian and why who's Oregon's quarterback next year. They got the transfer from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, oh, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, who's on his yeah. sixth year of eligibility or something like that. But that's who the quarterback will be there. JR, you haven't had a chance to ask a question. Jump in, buddy. Well, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of asking to do other than just, you know, what what is your thought of playing, um, you know, like your rivals again? Like uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier, talked about Michigan State, USC, like, is that something that you all would see as more important than independence? Like, cause obviously you hold independence in very high regard, but at some point, like I said, the big 10 might go to a 10 game conference schedule to where you might not see, you know, Ohio state, that team up North USC, you might not see any more than the maybe once a year at the most. I mean, uh, would would the rivalries almost like surpass the independence aspect of it? Cause basically all of you guys' traditions, at least in the Midwest, are being challenged here, I feel like. Um, here's how I'll put it. No, those rivalries aren't going to be more important than independence, because if they were, we, w- we already would have made that move. So my answer to that's going to be no, but I'm going to say this. If Notre Dame feels that they have to jump into the Big Ten – having that great schedule every year is going to make people feel a lot better and get over it a lot quicker. It's going to be an existential death, you guys. You need to realize, try and realize, how much we value independence in our DNA as being different and who we are and fielding Yost from Michigan, forcing it, not letting us join the Big Ten 100 years ago, told everybody else not to schedule Notre Dame if they want to be in the Big Ten. Fielding Yost forced Notre Dame to go play in New York against Army. Get on the train and go to L.A. and play USC. Without the Big Ten not originally allowing Notre Dame in 100 years ago, it allowed the Notre Dame brand to be this national brand because to fill out a schedule, we had no choice but to travel all over. So I, it would hurt to join the Big Ten because it'd be like, you didn't want us, and then you know we're coming back to you 100 years later. It would feel like we lost that one. Um, so no, those rivalries don't overtake independence or we would have done it, but if we do it, that schedule is going to be awesome. It would be really awesome. And that will, 
make the complaining from the Notre Dame people go away a little quicker when you get into that schedule and every week you have something to look forward to. Let me ask you this one. If Notre Dame comes to the Big Ten and there's not a school currently in the Big Ten that you would like to see the Big Ten go and get, who is that and why? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, do you think about do you think about maybe like uh you gotta realize I'm a I'm a Notre Dame guy. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's framing me. I don't know. How I are Miami and Clemson, what are they gonna do? What's what like uh, you didn't straight go for Stanford. Interesting. I know what do you, what do you I'm not trying to have a book read off. That does nothing for me. What am I trying to do? Do a math test or play football? I don't care about them. What the hell? What do you? What do you? And you know what else? Eric pisses me off about them. That stupid tree. Yes. yes. Thank, oh, you. thank you. It's tree not just me. Your mascot looks like a Christmas tree with a muscular disorder. I don't understand. It's dancing around. It's falling apart. It has weird things moving. What is that stupid thing? All those smart people in Silicon Valley that come from Stanford and their mascot's a broken Christmas tree at the dollar store. I hate it. I hate it. Four oh, my people, gosh. Four people go to their games, and it's the kids' parents. There's nobody there, and if they're there, they're, they're doing a math test on their laptop. Four people go to the games. Nobody cares. Um, that rivalry used to be cool when Jim Arbaugh was out there and Andrew Luck was out there and, like, Christian McCaffrey, and, like, they had a little run there with us that was great. And David Shaw bugs me. He had that little smirk like he's smart. He had his little Shaw smirk I didn't like. I I don't care about Stanford. It doesn't move the needle for me. It it just does not move the needle. We play them every year, but it is a yawn fest. Don't care about them. Give me Give me somebody I hate, Eric. All right, all right, all right, Give me somebody I hate. Please please bring up the other Catholic school someone. Please ask him about Boston College. Boston College. There it is. Just you want to talk about this thing of like, is Notre Dame relevant? You can forget Boston College even exists. It might have fell off into the Atlantic and drifted away. Nobody would know. Seriously, nobody would know. They again, that is like they're like a little flea biting on you. And once every 20 years they hurt you, but you're just like, get off of me. Like, no, I, I don't care. That doesn't move the needle to me either. Um and maybe that's some of it's my age, you know, because I and I miss these periods. Um, Stanford's been a yawn fest. And, and it, here's the other issue, man. They're not trending back up like Stanford, I think, is done being like competitive for a while. This new coach might build it back up. But, man, they, there's just not much cooking there. And that it's just never excited me. Doesn't so doesn't so the Catholics, the Catholics versus the convicts. In the Big Ten, sign me up. I would love that. Hey, I, Eric, I got a new shirt idea. I'm working on for the A and M Notre Dame game. Yeah, check this out: the pay for play versus the rosary pray. That's what we're doing. That's what Money. I'm doing. I thought you were going to make fun of their male cheerleaders on the shirt. <laughs> 
Hey, <laughs> if we're doing a list of things I don't like, add those weirdo male cheerleaders and white overalls on the list. I, 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 they are weird. That is a the weirdest group of people that don't live in Ann Arbor. I could possibly imagine. Like it is just they're weird. They're doing all those weird cheers. I, all, what do they do? Pump the oil out of the ground into their drinking water? I don't understand what's wrong with these people. Those white overall guys are creepy. I don't care what anybody says. Creepy. Weird. Oh, oh so good. Chris, take it over, man. I can't even ask a question. Uh, all I see is those weird guys. Do it. It so is, so let, yeah. let's get, let's get you a little bit fired up here. So, you know, you brought it up. We know that you are not a huge fan of the, of the people in Ann Arbor. What do you make of what's going? We've talked about it for weeks. What do you make of what's going on in Ann Arbor right now? Good question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's my problem. I had a a, a a three point plan here, and it all backfired on me. The first part of the plan was you guys to beat them as the last train stop before we get into the danger zone. So my number one part of the plan was you guys taking care of business any way to to prevent this from going further. Then I needed them to get beat in the playoff. Then I need, because they weren't going to lose the Big Ten Championship. That was just not a possibility because of who they're matching up with on the other side. So then it was I needed them to, to get knocked off in the playoff. That didn't happen. And then I needed all of the future sanctions or all the BS. We want to nail Harbaugh or whatever. I needed all of that drama to run him off. So I had this perfect plan of how that could end to where your group and mine would be happy. And it all backfired. Every single step of it backfired. It does me no good that the guy left now. All he is now is a a martyr hero riding off in the sunset, a champion. That doesn't do me any good. Day one, it doesn't make me feel any, oh, John, don't you feel better? Harbaugh's out of here. But he got, he he won. It's pointless to have him leave after he went. So it all got ruined. It all rubs me the wrong way. Um, Now, what happened? What do you think if they vacate or they come out with the sanctions that vacate the title? How do you feel? That is the question I have for you guys. And I genuinely don't know the answer. What do you think is going to be the outcome whenever they come down the road and say, we figured this out? Here's a thought. Do they have the balls? I know I think they did it to USC, but do they have the balls to really vacate a title like that? I could see them now that the it's not in the news every day and, and the heat's died down. I could see them getting in there and going, do we really want to do this? Are we just going to hit them with some sanctions but not take that away? Yeah. What do you think we're looking at for real? You guys are more tied into this from the Big Ten angle. What are we realistically looking at when they come back with this? I'm going to have Jr. answer this one because Jr. his his nickname for us is in the know. Uh, Jr.'s got he Jr.'s got more people in the know than we do. Adam Dowling you basically. Me, you better tell me, Jr. That somebody's getting nailed here. I want asterisks out the wazoo. I want I want games off the. What are we doing here? Yeah, so what we're looking at is since Jim Harbaugh left, it's actually going to be a steeper uh, punishment on Michigan than on what was possibly Jim Harbaugh. So what they were looking at with Jim Harbaugh was essentially penalizing him with show causes enough to where Michigan would have to fire him. Well, Jim Harbaugh kind of did you know, <laughs> the NCAA a favor. He just said, deuces, and I'm out. Uh, so which then led the NCAA to say, all right, well, 
Jim Harbaugh, he's, you know, messed up, but we're going to just go with Michigan now. And uh, the problem for Michigan is that not only has this come to light about the cheating with um with football but there's also been some incidents with baseball one of them uh being on twitter recently that was actually from a couple years ago though that wasn't from this past year uh it was actually from uh, uh, i think one or two years ago but still we're seeing a pattern of cheating here uh that the the school is either not taking seriously or they are not you know doing anything about and so essentially the NCAA here, because they really have nothing else to do with NIL, uh, <laughs> because that's over, uh, <laughs> they are essentially trying to assert dominance in whatever way they can. And Michigan is just like the, you know, the, the sacrificial lamb at the altar. They did this to themselves. And um, yeah, so we're looking at probably at least a five-year bowl ban postseason ban we're looking at most likely some show causes uh for the coordinators i would not be surprised at all if sharon moore gets a show cause and is no longer the head coach at michigan i'm not saying that's for sure i'm saying it's being discussed see that's Um, like that's my question yeah you if you want to be like oh who knew or whatever and all this stuff you're telling me sharon moore wasn't in the middle of all this stuff how does that not take him out too yeah, no, he, I mean, it, all the paper trails are leading back to it. I mean, when when you literally have him on the sideline talking to Sharon Moore and then Sharon Moore literally, like, giving his play right after he talks to yeah. him, it, 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 all, it all comes together. And the NCAA is not stupid. They're not treating this like some other cases to where they say, like, we, we have to have all the concrete information and we're yeah. only going to – you know, penalize what we know uh, by based on concrete information. They're treating this like this is one of the largest cheating scandals in all of college sports history. Yeah. Like on field cheating scandals, and they're they're playing it act accordingly. So big big stuff coming at Michigan. Big fines, most likely uh, some kind of of multiple season postseason uh, ban. I've been told at least five years, so wow. could be more than that Man, possibly. And then and then that hurts Rick recruiting whatever you have left who wants to go somewhere and then you're not eligible to be in the new playoff and all that stuff but it's like what bothered me with it you guys is i know at notre dame we're the first ones to turn ourselves in man we had a a, a, a tutor help a guy too much on a paper and we're running to the ncaa oh we did this oh we're telling on ourselves it bothered me that the lead there Instead of going, you know what, we want to do things the right way, and if we messed up, we'll deal with the consequences, they went the other way. And it just rubs me the wrong way. They're all in the rabbit hole together. The whole cult up there, the whole fan base, all the just – it's a big cult. They're all in on it. All of the media bought and paid for it. They all cover – it all works in in this symbiotic relationship there, and it's sickening. And uh, I, I need consequences because right now they're all walking around clowning you guys, clowning us, and I need I need something to happen. I need something have, to happen. Have any of you guys seen what Josh Gaddis is doing on Twitter X, whatever you call it right now? No. 
He's responding to a fan who, well, I guess it was like a day ago. Maybe I don't know how long ago it was. But um, he's responding to a fan telling them to listen to the other team's media about Michigan and everything that's going on with them because he's talking about how the Michigan media is just in the pocket of Michigan and they're not actually giving any of these Michigan fans the truth and just – like kind of going in, not not really going into detail, but kind of going like around the detail to say like, it's not going to be good for you guys because Josh Gaddis legitimately hates Michigan. I mean, he he has no good feelings about Jim Harbaugh. He absolutely hates um, um, Ward, what's that, whatever his name is, Ward uh, Manuel. Ward Manuel, yes, yeah. he absolutely hates him. I mean, he has he has who would nothing for cloud. Michigan, and that is where the real information is going to come from. Is from guys like Josh Gaddis who are no longer there. That the NCAA says you have a beef with Michigan. Come let us know, and uh, and we will act accordingly. And, and what's even crazier, you had you had someone on your show talk about this Friday, John, is the very president of Ohio State, President Carter, who used to be at Navy yeah. when uh, what's his nuts uh, decided to yeah to release his plan, his grand scheme, dude, and what try a to psycho that guy is too, dude. Like oh yeah, yeah. he's got a manifesto for football, and he looks like type of dude who has three more, and I don't even want to know what for. If you're like he's a weirdo, yeah. that dude is like that is bizarre behavior. He's Unabomber type of weird. Yeah, like he is just like off the reservation weird. Even the vacuum thing. What a weird dude, man. Like my patio's full of vacuum. Just a weirdo across the board. No wonder he was up, up appealing to Harbaugh. Another weirdo. I'm still convinced he's an alien from another planet. And my evidence of that is looking at how normal John Harbaugh is. John Harbaugh's a joy. And you can talk to the guy like a human. Jim's a weirdo, man. I think he, I don't think he's from earth. He's programmed. Oh my gosh. Guys, this is awesome. All right. Uh, JR. Hold on, hold on, John. Hold on. JR, do you you guys show tonight? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I got to get going. All right. What's, what's, what you guys talking about tonight? Who's coming on? Oh, just big 10 basketball. All the, all the fun stuff there. We'll talk about uh, – well, actually, we're not going to talk about Michigan tonight. They're actually too bad for our numbers. Nobody from Michigan watches the show, so we never talk about them because, they, I mean, everything is, is burning apart up there and everything's terrible. Good. So, unfortunately, Good. Ohio State played them tonight, so we're not going to talk about them. But that's okay. Yeah, we, we smoked them tonight. Ohio State, yeah. man, three, three, four and one since Diebler took over. All right, we're, take, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We come back. Uh, Aaron, Chris, and myself will be here with John Kennedy. Hey, you can nice ask us. This question. Take care, buddy. Thanks. We'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. The chat is absolutely on fire. I mean... <laughs> I can't keep up, guys. Again, John, I don't know how you do it by yourself, taking phone calls, uh, keeping your thoughts straight, keeping your eye on the chat. Like, I don't know how you do it, brother. That's crazy. Uh, I will tell you this. The first week I started the call-in show and having more to do and looking at the call-in screen and the chat and everything going on, it was kind of hard. Like, I, my brain was tired after the two hours of trying to do all that. And then I got used to it. It just, you, you get more used to that workflow. But the first couple of weeks, it felt like the show was going a million miles a minute and there's a lot to keep up with. Um, and then it does get a little easier. Um, but uh, there is a flow to it. it it's certainly unique. Um, can I ask you guys a question now and see if you felt some of what, what I've been dealing with? I think we could be in the same boat on this one, okay? Follow me. It got to the point where I hated having to bring up the Michigan thing. When it was happening, I dropped videos on the latest news, racked up the numbers. You know, there's a benefit to that drama right away when the news drops. Do a video, get your run, whatever. But I'm at the point now where I hate bringing it up and complaining about it because you, they did wrong and everybody knows it. But also nobody likes crybabies at the same time. And I don't like being in the position to be like, they cheated and we all know they did wrong. But nobody likes like the tattletale in school either. That, that kid's, nobody likes that guy either. And I don't like being put in that position because I didn't do the cheating. But And if I don't call it out, then I feel like I'm letting them skate. And if I do call it out, it's like spilled milk because we didn't win and they did. And I'm mad about it. I don't like being put in that position because I have no leverage, right? Like I have no leverage, but I just don't like being in that position. They put us in. And your question is, how do we, how do we, yeah. how did we, how do you process <sighs> that? You're a little more in deep than I am oh. with now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you, they're going to say, well, who are you guys to give us our time? You can't beat us and whatever. It just feels like we don't have leverage to, to keep calling them out on this. It's very, very, yeah, I think I don't like it. I think it, it, it still stings because on social media, we're getting, I mean, gosh, go look at my when I did do when I do any video relating to anything remotely close to that team and or anything about them. You go to the comments and I am absolutely getting destroyed by their fan base and they are taking their victory lap and it sucks. Yeah. It royally sucks because, you know, there's no humility in what they're doing, which is why I think if we beat them this year, you're. Buckeye Nation will be relentless on them for how they have been doing what they're doing. But I will also say this to answer Adam Dowling's question from earlier when he was talking about, 
you know, it, it happened. And whether you, if they take the championship away, it still happened and it still stings. Guys, if they take that championship away, Notre Dame fans, you won't have to say a word because you, I promise you, Ohio State fans will literally be reacting like we just won the national championship and they will never, in our lifetime, they will never live it down that they are cheaters and that it was illegitimate and it got taken away from them. I promise you that. I disagree. And here's why. That cult is... I think they're going to hold on to it and block all that out internally. How do you how do you address a cult, John? You you literally take their face and you show them how stupid they are. I but I don't these are people with no self-awareness <laughs> at all. Like yes. they, that doesn't exist. They have no self-awareness. This is a group that doesn't operate like normal society. They don't have that gene of even just being self-aware at all. I, what I think will happen is even if they take it away, like whatever, by the books, they will stop kind of like running their mouths on Twitter and things like that. But I think internally, they're all going to accept that that title was legit, legitimate. It's just that they're not going to have the muscle to flex to you guys and me. That's how I think it would go. They'll still act like it was all above board internally, but they lose their ability to flex on all of us because the comeback will be too obvious. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I understand. Block that out <laughs> on the field we want it, on the field we want it, and block all that out. The, 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 the best thing that could happen is we go on another streak where we just beat them every single year again yeah. because because then that, that shuts them up. And yeah. you, Eric, I've been – you you're around my show a lot and i've been saying i gotta blame you guys partially man you're the gatekeeper you're not it's, wrong it's a compliment to you guys that i look at i always look at you as the final gatekeeper to shut them out and and you guys are the final train stop between that that and the final destination and and you and you got reliable at being that that backstop and and that wall and it's it, it <clears throat> It frustrates me so much. I can't even imagine what you guys feel because I'm frustrated watching it. The last, you know, so it, 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 whatever. Chris, go for it. I, I know what you were going to say. No, here's the thing. Michigan cheated. We all know Michigan cheated. They didn't deserve the national title. They didn't deserve to be in, in the, the running. We know this. But you're right. There is a hint of sour grapes, a little bit of whining yeah. to that. That's what I mean. And yeah. And, you know, as wrong as they were, ultimately, you're right from the standpoint of we had the opportunity to stop it. Yeah. Granted, they had an advantage. They knew. They may have known every play we were going to run. But ultimately, there was still an opportunity. These games were not blowout games. Well, not this year, but they uh, were the last year. two years. Not yeah. This, well, yeah. This year's was not a blowout game. And, and, we and, had the which opportunity is, to Which stop. is unbelievable when you stop and think about it because we had C.J. Stroud as our quarterback. Yeah. You guys, yes. I, I got I to ask you this. I don't want to bring this up, uh, but I have to. It made me so upset. Did it? Is it just an outsider's opinion, or did it seem like Ryan Day coached that game a little bit scared this oh. year? 
that just it's not the first one. Is, is that just an outsider opinion, or did he not look terrified to coach in that game and let Sharon Moore come out of nowhere and coach circles around him? Who Chris is the is gonna... one not afraid to pull out trick plays and do cool stuff and take some chances? It was Sharon Moore. Every card he pulled was an ace. Chris is going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> well, then it'll be I was going to say, I, I, I immediately looked at Chris like, but, but am, I, am I right in my you, opinion? He looked you terrified 100% right. 100% right. Big, yeah. games, big games, his boys just kind of shrivel up. Happens every time he plays a big game. Yeah, well, he gets you know, overly you know conservative. Helps, you know what helps offset their shrivel when the opponent has 10 guys out there? <laughs> True story. You can shrivel all you want and still get it done at that rate. Oh my gosh! Um, it's it's uh, he's got to find he's he's got to find a different level or something, man. It's easy for me to see this stuff from the outside when it isn't my guy, Ryan Day. He's got to find a different gear, a different switch, something because something is it wasn't clicking right for you guys at the do. Am I again? Tell me if I'm wrong. You follow no. it. Something felt like it wasn't fully in gear. For as much talent and everything that you guys have, something just didn't fully click. Even though you beat Notre he's, Dame, I'm he's about an absolutely after- phenomenal coach until he's playing somebody inside the top ten. Well, it's kind of a problem, isn't it? It's a huge problem. Kind, kind of, yeah. Kind of an issue. It's a little bit of an issue, but specifically the top five, the top ten in general. Here's what it felt like. It felt like Sharon Moore. He's the interim backup guy, whatever. And and like I am just gonna unfold it and just throw it on the table and whatever happens happens and and ryan day visibly looked nervous to coach in that game i couldn't believe do you want to know why he looked visibly nervous this is my nervous (laughs) quarterback Uh, yep yeah no confidence in the quarterback none yeah it was you know that 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 unfortunately you know you want to blame us for what happened we can blame you a little bit for what happened at quarterback because that was his best he never even came close to what he did on that final drive in notre dame the rest of the season yeah i mean he provide you the false hope wow yeah (laughs) we dude we thought he was turning a corner like because he didn't look great those first few games and then you know he did that in the notre dame drive and we're just like Hey, maybe he's turning a corner. Maybe this was the the big primetime game. He's taking that step, but wrong. Did Ryan Day Day tell him at the end of the year, you're not good enough to be our starter, look somewhere else? What happened at the end of the year with him? Was there a discussion at that you ain't our dude? Or what happened there, you guys? Go ahead, Chris. What's the word? So it seems that Kyle McCord has daddy issues. Mm. So daddy wanted – guarantee from Ryan Day that McCord was going to start next season. He didn't want to have to compete for the job. Mm. Well, Ryan Day was not willing to make that guarantee. So Kyle McCord went somewhere where he could be guaranteed a starting job next season. Where he wouldn't have to compete. So, Yeah. It was. It literally was a. His dad walked into Ryan Day's office and asked him, "Hey, I want to guarantee my son's starter next year." And Ryan said, "No, no guarantee." So, yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. It's crazy. All right, Dude, um, hey, go, Aaron, go ahead. I know we've got chat questions out the Yazoo, but yeah, Aaron, there go were for some it. Good ones too. I tried to write a couple. There were a couple good ones. 
There is a couple good ones in there. I was just going to say, yeah, Kyle's just, he just, he's not a competitor. Wants everything handed to him. It's just, you know, I was just going to add that on there. You know, I I guess if you don't want to compete, you go to Syracuse. Never realized that. Yeah, dude, that's the other part of it is to do all this and then end up at Syracuse. Like, how much better do you think life's going to be playing football at Syracuse? Well, he's not going to have Marvin Harrison there to save him and make him look good. So, I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, I I mean, that's an interesting landing spot um, because I don't Mm. know what he's going to have around him to try and – I mean, you you might be the starter, but you might be on your back every play. Like, I just don't know – like, that's just kind of rough. So I, I don't know, you guys. It's um, But it was a very frustrating year. You know, Notre Dame didn't get quite where they wanted to be. And and you guys had some issues. And Michigan rose to the top. It's it's a rough, It was a rough end of the year for all of us, in my opinion. It really was. One of our, one of our, uh, <coughs> one of our listeners, a.k.a. followers, uh, one of our guys, we'll call, we'll call Jar of Happiness one of our guys. Hey, Irish, I always wanted to say the meltdown after the Ohio State loss was epic and extremely entertaining. I will give you credit for this, John. Even when you lose, it is incredibly entertaining, man. Even, um, win or lose, I, I tune in just to be entertained. Eric, I, I'll be on. I'll be as – I'm always honest with you. Um, you are. That is the – the worst I've felt of a Notre Dame ending since Bush push in 05. That was the last field, like the last emotional situation. And trust me, we've lost a lot of big games, but as far as the pain meter of how it actually ended, it took 18 years to surpass Bush push for me. And that was it. And, um, Having to go live and open up those phone lines one minute after the way that game ended, I was a mess. And I always have it together, have something to say, clear mind. I can wheel and deal. I was beside myself. Um, It was an awful, awful long night. Everyone was miserable, calling in, drunk and miserable, everything you could name. (laughs) It was really brutal. But I'll say this. That is by far the hardest show I've had to do since I started this new routine. But I think it was important because everybody was miserable and they wanted to be together in their misery. Just like when you win, you want to celebrate with your people. Those people needed an outlet. And while it was tough to sit there and take and hear all their misery, it was important they could get it out. And I'm glad I could at least provide that outlet. Um, I spent the next few days in the basement alone away from my family. Like I'm not proud of it. It was just, I, I was not ready to deal and I just needed to be away for a while. It was, it was not good. Not good. I'm glad you're doing better, brother. <laughs> the next one. Kennedy, this is my good friend, Dylan Kuhn. All right. He's a Purdue guy. He wants to know what are your thoughts on your neighbors? A little bit to the South of you there. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be insulting, and it's partially intentional. I don't have many. Like, I, I don't produce that on my radar just because they're, like, uh, off the toll road before Notre Dame. It doesn't doesn't really register to me a lot. Like, I don't – I don't produce just not – goodness gracious well i'm being i'm not even being mean why would purdue register to me is drew Brees coming back what is purdue why would purdue register to me 
<laughs> like it's Purdue. What are we gonna? What are we gonna do? Some engineering quizzes? What, 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 like, they might Purdue even just... settle for Kyle Orton. Hey, what did did they did, were they were they not able to bring their big drum to Notre Dame Stadium? <laughs> I said, wow. I made those people so mad because we wouldn't let him bring that drum in, and I was up here going, I love Notre Dame and that petty, and they were all mad. How dare yeah. you not let our drum in? I'm like, bro. It's a drum. I and so I love that we didn't let that drum in. Um there's not I don't have a lot there. I'm sorry. Like I remember when Drew Brees was there, whatever, but like I don't have a lot of juice for them just cuz they're in the state. Like I I just don't. Not out of sight out of mind a lot. I just don't have a reason. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, what's the jump on? Send me the link. <laughs> what, what, what is, Dylan, what is the argument going to be? That Purdue matters? Is that the argument? That Purdue matters in college football and moves the needle? Since I, when? I think what we need to do, Chris, here's what when? we need to do. Nobody cares he, he, did try, he tried to hit – John, he tried to hit me the other day with they play us hard. <laughs> so Yeah, they play us hard. Yeah. I, I just don't um, – I, I think the last use I had for Purdue was that Thursday night where they ran it up on you guys. That was the last use I had for Purdue was that one Thursday a long time ago they ran it up on you guys. Don't remind, don't remind us of that. that was, I just oh. don't – I don't mean this to be offensive, but when I look at all the teams in Notre Dame's radar, Purdue ain't on that list, bro. I have way more enemies that are bigger fish fry than Purdue. Sorry. Oh man, I cannot wait. You know what? Just, just got a ton of schedule. Doesn't mean they're on the radar. You know what? Just got a ton of juice. They're on the schedule this year. I think we go to Purdue. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Watch. Now we're gonna get beat. They're gonna clip this. I'll never see the end. Maybe we need to make another trip back to Purdue this year just to watch that game. He's gonna be banging that drum in my face. Oh man, you know what? All right, Mark, write this down, John Kennedy. Write this down. Buck, uh, Boiler Express podcast. The Boiler Express podcast. Okay. All right. I I can I will I will referee it. I will let you both come on to the OHIO podcast the week of because I that game just got a whole lot more juice for me. I love right. it. I love it. And here's the other thing, Eric. I've never really like, you know, I get in these debates with the LSU fans now because of the Kelly thing every day. They hate me, Michigan, whatever. I've never had a debate with the Purdue. Like, I just don't. It's just not a big thing. It's just not a big thing to me. Sorry. Oh, people are saying pay-per-view. Let me know when this takes place. Like, this is great. I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, if you asked me, oh, John, who's Notre Dame hate or whatever, we'd have to be here six days before I get to Purdue on the list. That's all I'm saying. It's just not there. It's not on the radar. Why are you guys Even surprised the by this? Just tree in Indiana? Just because in Indiana, I got to be all oh, reverence to Purdue. No, it's a big drum in engineering. Who cares? Even the Christmas tree ranks higher, right, John? Oh, that Christmas tree is so – it's the worst. <laughs> Dude, mascot. the Dollar General Christmas tree mascot might be the best line oh. I've ever heard. That was, that was amazing. Because they're so smart, and all those people end up in the tech world and creating all these life-changing things, and, and then you come up with a ratty-ass tree as a mascot. It's <laughs> – 
whatever. So I don't I don't have any use for that at all. I all right, all right. We I got we got. I don't have anything against Purdue. They just not on the radar. I really don't have anything against them, but they're not on my radar either. Sorry, Brian Oberst. We got to get to this one, Kennedy. What is your real opinion of Marcus Freeman as your head coach? I think it's a great question. Well, I was one of the first people when he got under Kelly as the DC. So this would have been when Kelly was still the head coach and they brought Freeman in as the DC. He was in Notre Dame under Kelly for a month and my contacts in compliance were reaching out to me going, this guy's blowing up the recruiting office with so much paperwork, they're all freaking out. Nobody even knows how to react. I was told within a month, he was turning everything around in recruiting, not even as the head coach, but as the DC we got to do this with recruiting. We got to do that. We're changing this. We need more resources here. We need more people there. Within a month, I was hearing that as the DC. And then I thought, I started thinking, maybe this should be the head guy then. What do I need Kelly around golfing instead of recruiting? Maybe this should be the guy. Let's see what happens. And then when Kelly left early, I said, you got a young guy here full of energy, buying into Notre Dame, elite recruiter, um, tons of effort. Let's roll with him. So this is what I wanted to happen. I wanted Freeman to get the job. Doesn't have a lot of experience. The 10 man thing is what everybody goes to as far as an on coach error. You just can't make all of that's true. Um, but he's the type of coach with the type of mindset that we have been at at Notre Dame since lose heyday. Uh, this guy is a grinder on the recruiting trail in a unique way. He knows how to navigate all the complicated political BS behind the scenes at Notre Dame. You got to grease all the right wheels, the right way to get anything done, get any resources. He's good at that. Um, he's just got to come into his own as a fully formed head coach. But um, <laughs> Notre Dame loves him. People love working with him. People love working for him. The administration likes him. Um, and we just hope it turns out into a lot. Ooh, of there's another Purdue angle. Freeman was at Purdue. Yeah. Another, another Purdue ankle. Man, this dude's getting juicy. You, I'm, I'm you know telling who doesn't you. love Marcus Freeman? <clears throat> you. Oh, uh, Chris Me. Wilds. You. I yeah, think I he's a piece of trash. You're the only one. He froze one. up. He loved him, hates him so one. much. Every time I talk, you're the only guy in America I've ever talked to that genuinely like doesn't like Freeman. Like you're, you're about it. Nobody else. I can't find a bad word about the guy. Chris can find a lot of four-letter four-letter words about the I'll guy. I'll say, <laughs> hey, give him give him ten seconds. He'll find one. <laughs> what I'm going to tell you is, and this has been kind of my theme, is Notre Dame's being put together differently this time. You know, all the coaches from Lou up until Freeman, there's a lot of overlap in how they did things. This is really being put together different. And I'm excited to see if we could get some different results. Um, but it really is being put together from the, the, the foundational level with a lot more structure and support uh, and modernity that Notre Dame's not good at. So I'm hopeful we could get some different results. Um, he re-energized Notre Dame, you guys. It was really stale. And Notre Dame's never been a place about cool. That's not the Notre Dame brand. It's tradition, not cool, swag, any of that. It's tradition. It got stale. And, and Kelly got stale, and Kelly's the first one who knew it got stale because he, he was looking to leave. Um, they needed new energy. They needed a, a, a new spark. They needed a new, like, a uh, little bit of a renovation, and he's provided that. Um, 
and he's got Al Golden on one side, Denbrock on the other, supported with some veteran guys on each side of the ball now that gives us some stability. So uh, we're hoping this is about to start rounding into form after a couple challenging years trying to rebuild the roster after Kelly refused to recruit. Uh, you got to dig yourself out of that, and it takes a little bit of time. So we're open. We're rolling out of that. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cool is it to dress up as leprechauns when recruits are on campus? I don't think it's cool, <laughs> Eric. No, I'm dead serious. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> I've spent time thinking about this. And okay. I, did, All right. I did a full Patreon with the former Cap Notre Dame captain that I do Patreon with. We literally did a breakdown of that. And you know what we decided? Not cool, kind of cringy, but it worked for the moment for a couple reasons. Number one is it was so cold that day. You had all these recruits coming. It was like 30 below. And I a part of it was a distraction from the parking lot in the building. Oh. I'm serious. It was the week. It was 30 below in the Midwest. And we had all these guys coming from everywhere. And you don't want them to be miserable as a way from the parking area into the facility to distract everybody and have their minds somewhere else. I'm convinced that was a part of it because it was like the coldest day of the year. And the other part of it is I do like that it shows those guys aren't too cool for school. Like some guys could be like, that's childish. I'll never do that. They don't think too much of themselves that they're fine having fun with it and dressing up and doing that. Um, it's a uniquely Notre Dame thing. If that makes sense, like it, it was cringy, but it was uniquely like it works for Notre Dame in that moment, you know, and, and the parents thought it was cute. Like it just works in a Notre Dame kind of way. But on the surface, you would be like, that's amateur hour or whatever. But it worked for the what it was in the moment. Um, but overall, yeah, cringe. But it worked in the moment. It Can it be both? Yeah, it can be both. I think that cold weather had something to do with it. I'm not. That, I, you know what? That's an angle I honestly never thought oh, of. They wanted to create a distraction to get from point A to point B, and I hope these guys didn't notice how miserable it is in South Bend most of the year. I think All that's right. part of it. We are we are over an hour. We're in overtime now. Let me ask this question, and then we'll do final questions, and we'll let John ask us the final question as well. Uh, Nick Quint, what do you think realistically Notre Dame will do this year for a record? So it's the way too early prediction podcast right yeah. now. Go for it. Um, you got to be – the fan base is looking at 11-1, and one, like as an acceptable, reasonable outcome. The schedule lightens up a little bit compared to what it's been the last couple of years. It's been very challenging schedules. Not only does it lighten up a little bit, but it's spaced out better where your bigger games, you have a little gap in between. Uh, Notre Dame played four night games in a row in primetime against four undefeated teams last year. I don't care who you are. That's a brutal run. Four night games in a row against four undefeated teams in a row. That's a heck of a long month. Um, so it's spaced out more favorably and a little lighter. Notre Dame fans are looking at 11-1, hosting that first playoff game and going from there. Uh, I think even 10 and two is going to have people disappointed. Uh, they're ready to turn the corner here. Um, and uh, it's got to be a big year or people are going to lose their minds. Chris, any, any final question for our guest, John Kennedy tonight? 
I, I've got nothing, man. All right. You left you speechless. You brought up Freeman. You got all mad. I was going to say, that's why his, I could see his mind at Freeman. <laughs> uh, uh, used to be ours, and he's turned. I, now he's a leprechaun. I can't uh. stand the guy. Just the mention of his name makes me want to vomit. Are you, are, you, are you doing this to get, come on. Are you riling me up a little bit, or do you really mean that? I are truly you, mean that. Or are you t- cranking it up because you know what it's going to do to me? No, no, I Don't truly mean that. Me. I despise the man. He's he's not lying to you, John. No, no. it's the only person I've ever heard that strong against Marcus, the family man. <laughs> Chris, I mean, do you still hate him because of what he said about Ohio State? Absolutely. Man, he's like, and I took that personally, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Chris on that poster. (laughs) Goodness uh, gracious, that's that's what can can I ask you guys a question on the way out? Send it, yeah. It seems from the outside again that kind of I I don't know whether it would have happened automatically anyways or not but there's been uh, this kind of the way this year went was kind of a reckoning for Ohio State and it seems like they really kicked things into gear big time as far as everything they did after the season kind of crank it up feeling the heat what do you expect of Ohio State next year uh I I find it really fascinating that you have a head coach who loses like one game a year maybe two games here and there and everybody wants to run him out of town. Like there's not a lot of margin there. What are your expectations for next year? You do all these moves, help Michigan win last year. You, you got to have a big year to make up for it. What's, what's your bar of expectation? I mean, for, for me, I, I mean, I feel like when you spend $13 million on what five transfer players, roughly, um, I think that the expectation is pretty darn high and that, you know what I mean? The recruiting has been much better. I think um, one game away, you beat Michigan last year and, you know, it's a different season. I think for us, uh, yeah. different quarterback play, different offensive coordinator, uh, much of the defense is coming back. <laughs> Chris, when someone talks about it. <laughs> but anyway, my personal expectation should be undefeated playoffs Honestly, with the talent on the team and the amount of guys coming back, I would expect a national championship. Nick Saban's, Saban's gone. gone. Um, Harbaugh's gone. I mean, what's in our way besides maybe Georgia? I wouldn't go all the way to say national championship, but number one, you got to beat your rival. You cannot lose again. Right. Number two, I want to. I want to. John, you, dude, he really is on a hot seat, brother. I, but you got to be careful what you ask for when you want to run a guy out of town who loses like one game a year. You might end up in a worse spot. Like you John, guys are in a tricky spot. John. You can lose one game a year, just not that game. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. His introductory press conference, quote, from the head coach of Ohio State, he said, I understand at Ohio State – I must win the game at the end of the season and then every game after that. Those were his own words, and he turtles in the game. That's a fact. Oh, man. man. 
Then that's coming from someone wearing Ohio State chain tonight. Why didn't you tell me? I would have brought my bling in from the other <laughs> studio. I didn't know we were in a chain gang tonight, or I would have brought mine out too, man. And you know what else we didn't get to, Eric? Oh, stop. Good Jeez. God. I'm hey, about to sign off. Hey, Why don't you just tone it down a little bit? Listen. We got to reconvene eventually because we didn't even cover the helmet discussion tonight. And I know. We didn't even cover that helmet discussion because uh-huh. I know that's probably on your list. It is. <laughs> it was. Uh, Aaron, any last, any last question, my man? I got nothing, man. I appreciate your show and, and love what you do. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. dude. You, you know what, Kennedy? You showed up tonight and you got a Tennessee guy say he went and subscribed to your channel tonight. Thank you. I appreciate that. You got a you you got one of our uh, one of our good buddies who just said the same thing. Uh, Brian Obers, heck yeah, got to subscribe to Kennedy. Eric, I got to tell you though, you're on that morning show a lot. I'm gaining some Ohio State friends here. I don't uh-huh. know. How, I don't know how I feel about this, man. It's like I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with how many Ohio State people I like get along with. That never used to be a thing. Maybe I'm maturing and I'm open to different people now. But there you go. I'm starting to have some Ohio State friendships and it's starting to freak me out, man. Maybe it just feels feel good to be a winner. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. D- Dylan Kuhn, our Purdue, our Purdue buddy, he's like, I hated Ohio State. Tell him, you guys, you guys are all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. We can always align against Michigan together. And on that, we're always going to have a united front on that one because you guys have always been the lesser of those two evils to to me, at least as a Notre Dame guy. So we'll always be aligned on that no matter what. Always. I'll end the show with this. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's, true. What <laughs> that's a how ending. That's a good, that's a good host, Eric. Good job, man. But Hey, listen, this is fun. I like the format. And again, Good job on you guys, man. I see you adding features, branching out, doing different stuff, upgrading all your offerings and everything. You guys are working your butts off and you deserve the success. Keep growing, man. Doing great. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can catch Always Irish. Always Irish on YouTube. Just type it in. Morning shows during the week. Call in. Dial it in. Uh, regular episodes. And then audio. Anywhere you want audio, you could get it. If you don't want to see my face, uh, do the audio, and if you don't want to see or hear me, go to uh, USA Today Fighting Irish where I read all about it. A lot of the topics I record about, I'll t- kind of translate them into r- being writable, and I'll write an article about it. So you can find me wherever. Please like, share, subscribe if you haven't already. Even if you uh, are uh, coming over here from the Always Irish We appreciate having you here with us as well, and we do appreciate each and every single one of you who participate in the chat. This was by far the most active chat we've ever had. Thank you very much to all of you. Uh, I know I didn't get to all of your questions and comments, uh, but there was just too many tonight. We'll do this again. Uh, John has been so gracious with his time for me. He's answered questions. He's even let me call into his show a couple times. And uh, I, I really, uh, for selfish reasons, I really do help. I really do hope Notre Dame ends up in the Big Ten. I do, for selfish reasons. Oh, boy. Yeah, that would be, uh, there's a lot of meat on that bone. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, friends. We'll cross (laughs) that bridge when we get to it. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, We will have videos for you this week. Uh, Chris, I don't, I'll talk to you. Uh, We haven't announced when we're going to do a a call-in again. 
Maybe this week we'll see. I'll talk to Chris and Aaron, let all of you know on our socials. We'll tweet it. We'll put it on Facebook. And, of course, uh, we'll have all of that uh, out there for you. Uh, plenty of time so you guys know when we're going to do a call-in show again. I'm not really sure what's going on at work this week. I might have a busy, busy week. But we'll figure all that out. Go check out John's show tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central, their time. Always Irish. Uh, it is it is a wild time, man. He has people call in sometimes, and you just never know where the conversation's going to go. It, it could be wild, man. So we ended up talking about Buckeye leaves and clovers. It was quite interesting. So uh, we'll have to have that debate again very soon, John. All right, guys. Again, thank you so much. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen Ohio, with, Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time. OH! I owe. No. John? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.